Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to your Maryland. One gray, rainy afternoon in 1943, a Jewish boy of about 10 was walking home from school in Baltimore. Just outside his widowed mother's grocery, a gang of Polish kids from the neighborhood blocked his path, jostled him, and batted his Hebrew school books into the street. As he tried to recover them, the gang shouted, Get the Jew boy, and rushed him. Off to the side, two policemen smiled and leaned back against their patrol car to watch. The boy picked one assailant, landed an accurate left hook, and was holding his own when his mother rushed outside, dragged him into the store, and slapped him. Short, stout Manya Lieber, who'd once tossed a six-foot oaky through the store's plate glass window for swearing, didn't want her son growing up to be a hoodlum. At eight or nine, Jerry had already joined a gang, committed a couple of burglaries, and taken to smoking old golds. Manya's grocery served the black families in the neighborhood, and it was Jerry's job to deliver sacks of potatoes and coal and five-gallon cans of kerosene. He loved the work because those families always had their radios tuned to boogie-woogie music and the blues. Although Manya wanted him to appreciate and perhaps play classical music, the blues fascinated him, and the store's black customers became his second family. Two years later, Manya sold the store and took Jerry to Los Angeles to be near her daughters. As a teenager hoping to become an actor, he hung around the studios, met Irving Berlin, Charlie Chaplin, and even Cecil B. DeMille, and got nowhere. Fondly recalling Baltimore and the music of the alley houses, he decided to write songs, blues songs for black artists. He was working in a tiny record shop when a man from a small, hip label walked in. They talked a while, and the man asked Lieber if he'd ever written anything. Jerry sang a few lines of his favorite creation, Real Ugly Woman. When the salesman asked for the lead sheet, Lieber admitted he didn't know how to write music, so the rep told him to find someone who did. On learning of another Jewish teenager who'd recently arrived in L.A., a piano player from New York named Mike Stoller, Jerry went to meet him, and a partnership was born. The two began turning out songs, some of which even got played on the radio. Then one day, band leader Johnny Otis called and told them blues singer Willie Mae Big Mama Thornton needed a hit. The result, which they literally wrote in a few minutes, was the earthy, sexually-tinged hound dog. But when Big Mama first sang it in the studio, she crooned. Jerry, now all of 19, told her that wasn't how he'd written it. Thornton, dressed in overalls and combat boots, glared and growled, White boy, don't you tell me how to sing the blues. Daunted but determined, Jerry sang it the way he'd intended. Big Mama harumphed, then belted out a rendition of Hound Dog that was rougher and raunchier than anything Jerry thought possible. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. That version, with drums sounding like tom-toms, sold a million copies, for which Lieber and Stoller received absolutely nothing. Johnny Otis, the man who'd asked them to write a hit, had sold it listing himself as composer. Three years later, when Elvis Presley remade the song, it sold two and a half million copies. Again, Lieber and Stoller got nothing. But they were now known in the music world as the guys who wrote Hound Dog. Over the next three decades, they wrote scores of hits and defined a generation. From the coasters along came Jones, Little Egypt, and Charlie Brown, to Elvis Presley's Jailhouse Rock, Treat Me Nice, and King Creole. The Drifters made hits of On Broadway, and There Goes My Baby. Numerous artists covered Kansas City and the unforgettable Stand By Me. Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller became legends in the music business. But to the last, Lieber always maintained that the best blues music he ever heard 
rose out of the tough streets and alleys around his mother Manya's grocery in Baltimore. Oh, 